Hi, everybody. I'm Allie Schultz, one of the co-founders of Reboot. We wanted to bring you a newish kind of conversation to our podcast channel, but not a conversation new to the halls of Reboot. This one is for the operators. In these short episodes, which we're calling our Operators Manual Series, we'll be highlighting the practical tactical challenges that can arise when scaling an organization and growing in your leadership. I remember our very first boot camp where Jerry itemized the three jobs of a CEO on one of his slides. Every participant reached for their notebook and began taking copious notes. The more I work with clients, the more I see leaders longing for pieces of wisdom around the parts of the job that aren't necessarily in any playbook. In these conversations, I sit down with Jerry and get him to wax practical on some of these topics. It's our hope that these give some fresh perspective, a new way of thinking, or a new model for looking at some of the common questions we see leaders face. In this take, Jerry and I explore the question, what does it mean to step away and let other people step up and lead? Enjoy. There's two questions I have. One of them came up in conversation with a client, kind of an ongoing, and it's this struggle of how do I trust the team enough to back away and to not be included in all of these meetings. He keeps saying, I keep trying to change my calendar around, but I find myself in all of these meetings. Mm. I know this isn't unique. It's not the only client that I've had this conversation with. So I think there's a lot around that move. Like what does it mean to actually kind of step away and let other people step up and lead when things become more formal? I have a feeling we'll be talking a little bit about building the machine that builds the machine. Well, I'm happy to go there. I think your first instinct is is right, that this is a universal problem. In fact, the good thing is that anybody who relates to this should be celebrated. Because what this is, is it's emblematic of success. And if you remember, remember my pyramid. So I'm going to sort of visualize the pyramid, right? So we have a right side up pyramid. And when companies get founded and led by the founder, they naturally gravitate to the right side up pyramid with the CEO or the founder or the particular leader at the apex of that pyramid. And it's the naturally occurring hierarchy. It's, it's the thing that occurs to people. It's like, hey, I have an idea. Let's get together and let's do something. The problem is that that doesn't scale. And there are two indicators that I see that a company is still stuck in that spot. The first is when the CEO says, gosh darn it, why can't everybody make decisions without me? And the second is, darn it, I don't want them making decisions without me. (laughs) So they're both reactions are indicators that what we have is we've outgrown that initial stance, right? And what's really important about understanding that is the impulse to stay in that spot. First of all, when 
the person who has power or the person who has leadership responsibilities holds on to that. And this, and in your client, I hear that going on. It's, I can't trust. When we hear that phrase, one way to parse that is, I am afraid to let go, right? Now, the person will say, might say, well, I, if I trusted them, then I wouldn't be afraid. Except it actually goes the other way. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to deal with my fear of letting go of the decision-making process, even at the risk of, oh my God, they're going to make the wrong decision. So that they can then, the, the people you're leading, can then experience the consequences of making their own decisions without El Jefe, as I like to refer to it, the boss making all the decisions. There's a corollary to that, but I want to pause and sort of see, does that make any sense to you? That makes a ton of sense. I think another thing that often comes up is realizing too, like the team that was created in that first stage of the company may not be the exact team that um, grows with you in the next stage. I'm thinking of another client who will often say, I can't trust these people to lead or these people haven't led before. All right. Can I build on the, on yeah. the team piece of this? Because that's the, that actually touches the corollary. So you brought up an issue around the team where this shows up. And there's a corollary to that that I'll, I'll bring in. So, the, so what I just heard you speak to is the fact that the team oftentimes lacks the experience to be able to take things, right? And so let's take a classic example. There's a product-oriented founder who has always loved the product and had the initial idea for launching a company, then builds a team, and it starts to become successful, okay? And they can't get themselves out of the product management. Now, the first people that they hire tend to be people who lack the experience and gravitas or qualifications to go work for a much larger company. Why are they taking this job? They're taking this job because they want the experience, right? They'll take a lower salary, they'll take a higher risk so that they get the experience of being responsible. Now you've got this sort of interesting little dialectical challenge Because you've got, on the one hand, a fearful CEO who doesn't want to let go, married to a bunch of folks who are first-timers, and they're dying to make the mistakes, but they're also scared of making mistakes. So it's like, this is a prescription for a real setup for a a real problem. Then we enter into the corollary. And the corollary that I was speaking to is, When teams are unconsciously complicit in their own infantilization. Okay, so let's go back to that pyramid, that right side up pyramid for a moment. El Jefe sitting at the top, making all the decisions, complaining about making all the decisions or complaining about being involved in everything. And right below them are all these first time directors and vice presidents who are basically saying, God damn it, get out of our hair. Stop micromanaging us. Oh, by the way, 
I'm really scared of making this first-time decision, so you better not go too far. And the way we know that that's starting to show up is that mid-level starts to make decisions, and they quickly run back. And they hand off the decision-making back to the El Jefe, back to the top of the pyramid. Here, you make the decision. And there's this like push me, pull you that goes on between the two levels within the organization. Well, who's going to make the decision? I'm not going to make the decision. What if I get fired? Ooh. And there's the fear. Or worse, what happens if I don't get fired? What happens if I get overtopped by somebody who has more experience? Which is, again, a naturally occurring phenomenon. So... The question is actually a really complex question and is the reason we, we can both smile and nod as much as we are smiling and nodding about this is that we see the implications of this every day in our clients. This is very, very common. And as I said at the start of this, it's an indicator of success, Right? Because if the product failed abysmally, you would not be facing this problem. If there was zero product market fit, you would not be facing this problem. So this problem exists because the machine is starting to work. Right, And what this all speaks to, in my view, is the continuous process of adaptation and adjustment that everybody in leadership has to make, aka growth. And I'm going to reemphasize that first word, continuous process, or first phrase. Because one of the other experiences is I just got this whole system working and it's changing again. You're nodding, you recognize this. Yes. I have a beloved client who relates it to um, cleaning up the yard. Mm. He's like, I just get the front. It's like, I just get the front yard organized and all situated. And I go in the backyard and I'm like, well, time to do the backyard. And then you go around to the front yard and you're like, I just did this and I need to do this again. Right, right. So the metaphor I always use is painting the bridge. The minute you finish painting the bridge, you have to go all over and start painting the bridge again. Because it takes so long to paint the bridge that weather wears it down. The mistake that people under make, the misunderstanding that they have when they make that assertion is that they think that their job is to do other than that. Your job, I would say to your client, is to always be cleaning up the yard. That, I mean, that is the job. Right. It's not like I clean up the job, the yard, and then I get to go to my work. And I think that's the shift. That's, like, that's the shift in perspective. Right. Um, because it's exhausting to be continually cleaning up the yard. Right. So let's close by referencing back to trust. Because there's also an implicit question in the first piece of that, which is, how can I trust? Right. And the simplest way to trust is to let go of perfection. If you can allow the team to make mistakes then it's a lot easier to trust. Now, there's a couple of things that have to be in place for that to happen. 
And both require exquisite communications. The first is I'm going to trust that you can make mistakes, but I'm going to put these guardrails in place. So if you're driving down the road, you're not going to take the car off the, off the edge of the cliff. You might smack into the, the guardrails, but you're not going to trash the car. Okay. So the leader has to set the guardrails, has to set the equivalent of it. The corollary to that is what happens on the, on the team side is they get their hands on the wheels of the car and they just want to drive. They don't want to stop and check in and say how it's going. They don't, because they don't want to open up the possibility that somebody's going to micromanage. Well, you have to check in as you're part of the bargain of building a trusting relationship. You have to say, this is what's going on. And equally important, you have to share when you're struggling. Because if not, you're not going to get the keys to the car again. So it's a two-way exchange of communication. These are the guardrails. These are the limits. And the contractual commitment back is, I will tell you when things are going awry so that there are no surprises. Guardrails, no surprises. Within that structure, let them rip. Let them loose. You can always fix it afterwards as long as you've set the proper guardrails. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, head to reboot.io slash podcast to explore past and present seasons of our podcast conversations. To help more people find and enjoy the Reboot podcast, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. You can find our step-by-step guide for leaving reviews in the show notes of each episode. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. At Reboot, we often talk about the value of relationships in mirroring back to us our blind spots. Now, all honest feedback is valuable, and it's great if your culture supports a constant flow of feedback. But it's often helpful for leaders to take deeper dives into radical self-inquiry, giving themselves focused and intentional space to examine the patterns of behavior that are either serving them or not serving their teams and their missions. 360 Reviews are a really powerful tool that can help leaders make course corrections, supporting both individual growth and the growth of the company. While there are many approaches to 360s out there, what we have found to be the most helpful to our clients is to approach the 360s as an extension of the coaching conversation. Most leaders don't care how they rate numerically on a list of abstract capacities. And even if they do, it's tough for them to really know how to make use of that kind of data. But if they can hear through the voices of their colleagues, how their behavior is making impact, and if they can be helped by a coach to see more clearly the choices available to them for change, the benefits can be immense. 
If you'd like to learn more about Reboot 360s, you can go to reboot.io slash 360.